0: Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
1: What's going to happen tonight? What's going to happen? We're going to whoop their Have you gotten wrong with you?
2: up y'all welcome on into the go balls 24 7 podcast west rucker coming to you from fort rucker studio and as you can tell by the truncated version of this intro we've got a breaking news edition of the go balls 24 7 podcast let's go across town to that home daycare center get to ryan callahan and ryan could you please be so kind as to tell us why we're having a breaking news edition of this go balls 24 7 podcast
1: yeah tennessee is making another addition to its 2023 recruiting class uh here ahead of the start of this season. Uh, We've mentioned before, a lot of guys trying to get decisions out of the way before their senior seasons. And Ricky Gibson is the latest to do that. The cornerback from Alabama has announced his commitment to Tennessee, picking the Vols over Georgia. Whoa. This is a a legitimate win for Tennessee and not just a win over Georgia, um, but a, a win that looked like it wasn't going to be a win uh, a little more than a week ago. So uh, this one sort of switched late a little bit. Um, it looked like for maybe months it was going to be Tennessee, uh, or at least they were they were in the pole position, I think, for a good stretch of this one. Uh, at one point it was a Tennessee-Arkansas battle and then Georgia offered this summer. Yeah, He also got a, an offer from Auburn not too long ago, but uh, Auburn never really be- became a, a factor down the stretch here. Uh, but Georgia did host him for a camp in early June. He went there uh, for another visit at the end of July and, uh, and really liked Georgia and appeared to be ready to go there. Uh, and then Tennessee kind of it, it kind of flipped slate here. Uh, and and Tennessee is school I think he liked all along. Um, just I think from his perspective, ultimately just made the most sense for him. I think for, uh, for, for him and people in his circle, I think it came down to a belief in his ability to get on the field um, much much earlier at Tennessee. Uh, and just believing that he he can be a big part of their future plans at, at cornerback. Only the second cornerback in Tennessee's 2023 class. The other Christian Conyer out of out of Bowling Green, Kentucky. And, and this is an important pickup for Tennessee. They've they've come up short, frankly, at that position too many times in recent years, uh, and and not gotten a lot of their top targets. And so to get a guy like this. Uh, this is a pretty big deal for the balls.
2: Yeah, and we'll get to that in the second segment, too, because we're going to talk about sort of this class and the defensive backs in general and where things are. Uh, but let's just reset and, and talk mostly Ricky Gibson here in the first segment. This is a young man uh, from Hewitt Trustful High School in Trustful, Alabama, one of my favorite names, town names uh, in all of the southeastern United States. Uh, rated four sixty one overall uh, in, in the twenty four seven Sports composite, number twenty four prospect in Alabama. Uh, so again, you look at that and you go, well, solid player. But you know, it, the, the ratings don't just jump off the page at you like you know, like when a Nico Iamalivava commits or something like that. But this is a big deal. This is a cornerback, six foot, one hundred and seventy one pounds, really good size. For that position. Looks like a really, really good athlete. This young man had, I think, nearly three dozen offers, and, and you've mentioned some of them, including Georgia. And, and Georgia really, really wanted him, despite having plenty of corners in the class. So so what about him, Ryan? When, when you sort of square away sort of the rankings versus the offer list here, you know, sometimes you look at those two things, and, and they don't always completely sync up um but this looks like a young man who maybe his best days are ahead of him but he looks like a really really good athlete
1: yeah and that's that's what uh now he, he posted some numbers on his uh on a tweet after he went to a camp at Georgia and I don't think the numbers are entirely accurate or I certainly can't uh vouch for the legitimacy of them but I think he did still put up some pretty good numbers uh during the, the camp he attended at Georgia I think the 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 forty time that he that he referenced in that tweet was four three something, and I think he mentioned having maybe a forty one inch vertical, something along those lines, or four, or even higher than forty one. But it was it was high. Um, I think both of those numbers might be a little on the high end. But regardless, I think he at least ran in the four four range, legitimately at, at Georgia's camp. Um, did not attend a camp at Tennessee, so I haven't heard of uh, of any s- specific numbers that that Tennessee has gotten to uh observed from him but they they were on him pretty early and, and have been pursuing him for about six months now and, and he's been to tennessee uh four times since early march so they've, they've gotten pretty familiar with him um they were you know they they've liked him for a while and he's been pretty high on their cornerback board for for a good a good bit of time and then he's added some other big offers as you said you know penn state uh also has offered i think he had an oregon offer at one point so he's uh he's gotten some nice offers to to go along with those SEC programs that he was ultimately choosing between um and, and i think he still had has a chance to to maybe add more offers this fall you know depending on what which other programs might take a look at him in, in search of cornerback of help this fall but he is just just being six feet and having the kind of athleticism he has i think there's a lot to work with there his his film is not what i would say is the most polished at cornerback he's not a He's not a finished product yet by any means, but um, that's that's not the end of the world at this position. And and we've seen guys before who were, you know, not even cornerbacks in high school. You know, Emmanuel Mosley comes to mind. Uh, Christian Charles, frankly, comes to mind. a guy that didn't play a lot of DB in high school, where, where you just sort of take the athleticism and the size, and, and you just make it work. And there's there's not it's it's not as though not being a career cornerback you know hurt has hurt those guys uh, once they've gotten to college so in his case the fact that he's you know fairly new um, uh, you know only a, only a year or two as a starter in high school under his belt at cornerback and still still needing to develop a little bit that's not the end of the world I, I think you take the skill set you take the athleticism and, and you you gladly uh, you know mold that shape of clay or mold, mold that clay into something you, you like uh, once he gets to college so I think there's a lot to work with there, and Tennessee is really excited about this pickup because, let's face it, six-foot corners that can run, pretty hard to find, and and Tennessee's not had at least a a ton of luck in recent years getting the guys at the top of their board who fit that description.
2: Yeah, and it looks like... You know, I, I know there, there are different ways that, that people, you know, use different phrases when they're recruiting guys. But the, the one that's always stuck with me, because Tennessee, when Pruitt was there, um, you know, used the same sort of terminology that, that sort of Georgia does and, and that Saban did or still does, those critical factors. Like, like each position has what they call critical factors. And, and if you don't tick just about every single one of those boxes – uh, for whatever reason, they 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 don't want you necessarily. You're not going to be near the top of their board anyway. And it looks like one of these things that Tennessee's – I don't know if they're calling them critical factors, but one of the things they are clearly targeting is cornerbacks who are six feet or taller. That doesn't mean if you're 5'10 or 5'11 that that you that they wouldn't consider you. Obviously, that's not the case. But it just seems like the way the, the receivers these days are getting so much bigger in some some cases – it just looks like this is the way. If you want to put together a good, like elite college defense, it's going to be maybe hard to do that if you don't have those corners that are six feet or taller.
1: Yeah, it's it's become more and more like that in, in recent years, and and I don't think that's that's going to change too much. You know, Tennessee's certainly not alone in, in that regard. It's it's gotten to the point where if you are. If you are five eleven and a really good athlete, you can you can definitely be a, a, an effective cornerback. But if you're five ten, even and and you know even even sometimes if you are a really good athlete, it just limits your ability to play on the perimeter in, in a lot of people's eyes. You know, some some people will just look at a five ten corner and think you you're going to have to be a, a, a nickel or or a safety or something else because you you don't have the length to match up with those bigger receivers. So it really has become so important to, to find corners who are at least that tall, have, you know, have long arms. Ideally, uh, you know, you want to be able to, to get in there uh, against bigger receivers and, uh, get your arms in there make a play and, and, uh, and just be able to, to, to play press coverage, to do, to do all these different things that you need to have size and length to, to do. So, uh, and, and, you know, again, Tennessee's not always had the best luck recruiting top of the board cornerbacks that's a position that's been really tricky for them i think in recruiting because a lot of times you are going out of state to get those types of guys and at the end of the day there, there are only so many guys who are six feet that can run really well to go around and so if you're going into georgia you've got to beat out georgia for a lot of those guys if you're going to alabama you've got to beat out alabama and auburn for a lot of those guys so in this case you know you're going to alabama and you're not having to beat out alabama for him but it's the guy Auburn has offered now, so you, you still had to beat out some uh, some good competition and Georgia, obviously, um, being at the top of that list, so it's just hard to find uh, enough of those guys to go around, but that's what everyone is looking for these days. You want corners who are long and can run, uh, and there's definitely a reason for that, so uh, give Tennessee credit. They, they've gotten something done with uh, with these two pickups, and I think Christian you are very much in the same boat. Another guy who's a little bit raw, you know, Christian Conyer only has eighteen games of high school experience under his belt. Um, but he's, but he's my got all my
2: goodness, the, what an athlete.
1: Yeah, and jet checks all the boxes that you want there. So so the fact that they've been able to to pair up a couple of cornerbacks like this in this class, um, even though those are both three three star prospects right now, I think those are really nice pickups and top, you know, kind of top of the board guys that Tennessee's recruited for a long time. And for them to be able to get a couple of guys like that at cornerback really is a big deal because we're, you know, we're we're talking about that position this year being a big question mark for Tennessee. And that's with a couple of transfer portal additions from last year, still competing for that job. You know, Warren Burrell has played for a long time. You know, you've got to continue to upgrade the talent level. If you're going to get out of that sort of quagmire they're in right now, where they just have a lot of guys and not, not anyone that's taken a job and run with it. Part of the problem is they just haven't had enough, enough of these types of guys. You know, they just, you're not getting the six foot guys who can run. Who can develop into really good players over the long haul. Now you're starting to get some of those athletes with guys like Christian Conyer and Ricky Gibson. And I think it can make a difference in the long run.
2: Yeah. Then you just got to develop them, but that's, that's another topic for another day because right now, Tennessee's celebrating the fact that it's got the opportunity to do that because Ricky Gibson has committed to the Tennessee volunteers. We have a lot more to discuss about this sort of how, uh, how Tennessee ended up coming back and winning this battle, I think, is interesting. We'll talk a little bit about that. We'll talk a little bit about Tennessee's defensive back recruiting in this cycle, kind of where things are, where they could go, how many they want to get, all that other stuff, and, and maybe something else, too. We'll see. Before that, though, we're going to step away for just a second, pay some bills, listen to products, services, in-house ads, et cetera, and then we'll be right back here on the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Hashtag ad. Money! Welcome back to the Go Balls 24-7 podcast brought to you by whatever products, services, and in-house ads you just heard a moment ago during that commercial break. Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio. Ryan Callahan coming to you from across town there at his home daycare center. We're talking about Tennessee's addition of cornerback Ricky Gibson to its recruiting class. The Vols still right there, right around the top 10 class. Still got a lot of stuff in the balance. A lot of guys, obviously, they want to hold on to. Obviously, some more they'd like to poach, they'd like to add to the class. You never know with recruiting, things can turn really quickly and, and really viciously. Um, but right now, this is a good looking Tennessee class, and it's just now gotten even better because the Vols have beaten Georgia, uh, Auburn, and many, many others uh, to land cornerback Ricky Gibson, six foot 171 pounds uh, from Hewitt Trustful High School down there in the Birmingham area of Trustful, Alabama. Got a lot to discuss about him, and we'll get right back to that. Uh, after, uh, I ask you really quickly here, guys, if, if you would please take about a minute out of your day right now, maybe 75 seconds, maybe 90 seconds tops, please go in there, rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. We do this for free. And we're happy to do it. It's a labor of love. There's really no problem on our end. Uh, but since we do it for free, uh, the one thing we'd like to do is is to have as many people listening to it as possible. And if we keep doing that, we keep building it. And the reason we've been able to do that is because we're on every major platform, right? You know, we're, we're Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, Google Podcast, iHeart, TuneIn, Stitcher, anywhere in the world. You can cast a fine pod. you can find this Govols 24/7 podcast but in order to keep it growing, uh, we'd like you to keep telling your friends also subscribe, rate and review. that helps us tremendously. If you're already doing that, thank you we love you. If not uh, go for yourself. that's the that's the motto. Ryan, how did Tennessee sort of come from behind? I know Tennessee this were maybe one of those horse races. Right, It looks like Tennessee's off to a nice lead here with Ricky Gibson. You're never comfortable, but you're feeling pretty good. You feel like there may be the team to beat, holding off you know Arkansas and some others. Then all of a sudden, Georgia steps in and gets really serious, and it looks like maybe it's changing. And then within the past week or so, obviously, he's changed his mind again, and it looks like he is going to, at least for now, uh, be committed to the Tennessee Volunteers. How did Tennessee sort of weather that storm and get this done?
1: Yeah, and, and whether the storm, you know, pro- probably not the 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 best word. They really did have to come from behind to beat Georgia in this one. I think he was absolutely going to Georgia at one point. Um, so the, you know, that's why we I say all the time, you don't talk in absolutes a lot of times when you're talking about recruiting. And this is maybe a good example of, of why you do that because uh, you know I I pretty much knew that that he was headed to Georgia more than a week ago. And and around this time last week, it kind of started to flip, and that's you know it's because Tennessee still still was a school that he, he always liked. You know, it wouldn't have surprised anyone uh, if you told them you know a week and a half ago that hey, he's going to change his mind and end up at Tennessee. But you know, sometimes once it gets down to the end, things can change uh, quite a bit, and we've seen that uh, a lot in recruiting this past year. Um, you know, sometimes it's NIL and other factors. Sometimes it's, it's not in this case, I think it's just a matter of, you know, once it got down to it, I think the kid and his family and his coaches felt he had a better chance to make an impact at Tennessee. So I think they came off, uh, came off the trip to Georgia. Uh, and he was there on, on the the weekend of July 30th, uh, going into that visit, I felt Tennessee was still in a pretty good position to at that time, weather the storm, I thought they were, in in a good spot to to hold on to him. Uh, but then coming off that visit, it, it definitely changed Georgia uh, really impressed him. I think the idea of playing for the defending national champion and all that stuff really, really just got his attention and, and it was tough to pass up for him. So I think he came off that visit and, and really liked the idea of going there. And then, you know, the post visit high, I think in this case, maybe gave way to a, a serious conversation about where he fit in best football wise. And, at the end of the day, Georgia. It looks like is trying to sign a, a class with six defensive backs, and he would have been one of the lower rated players in that class. And I think long in the long run, you know, maybe maybe some people in his circle just worried about the opportunity he would have there, and, and whether you know whether frankly he might be recruited over or just have a tougher time getting onto the field in general. Um, there's a lot of competition there, even in his class. Whereas Tennessee. I don't, I don't think there's as much depth at cornerback, obviously, you know, again, we've talked about, they've had trouble winning big time battles uh, at the cornerback position in recent years. So even if it's not as a true freshman, I think you can certainly see a realistic path to the field for him at Tennessee pretty early in his career. And and so when you combine that with the fact that he always liked Tennessee, felt very comfortable there during his visits, went there four times between March and June, it just seemed like a more comfortable spot, I think, for for him and everyone close to to his recruitment. So it, it makes sense and uh and I think in this case, you know it's one of those one of those deals where you know coming off the the post visit high is the big thing you know just had to had to get away from that and and have a have a serious discussion about what really made the most sense for him long term, and I think in this case, that was going to a place that Tennessee where he saw a clearer path to playing time uh, than, he, than he might have at Georgia in the next couple of years
2: and ryan, what what about Tennessee's recruiting just uh both, I guess, sort of globally speaking, and and at defensive back right now, we've got Tennessee at 20 commitments for this class, and, and there are a good number of, of those in the secondary. Of course, more safeties, or at least guys as we think are safeties, more than than are corners right now, or as pure corners. What sort of number do you think Tennessee, even if it's vaguely, is sort of vaguely targeting? Because I know best recruit available and all these other things, it can always change. You know, guys can transfer or whatever. Different things can happen, right? It's football. Anything can happen. But right now, what, what would you say Tennessee is looking at for, for numbers at DB in this class and, and, and sort of specifically at corner? Just what, what do you think the numbers they would like to have in this class?
1: Well, you know, it's, it's funny we mentioned Georgia looking to sign six DBs in this class. I think Tennessee is, too. Uh, I think the difference is, is maybe just the, you know, the, the quality uh, across the board that, that Georgia has uh, on, on its roster and, and in this recruiting class, maybe a little bit of a deterrent uh, in, in this case, whereas Tennessee not not stacking up as many guys at the cornerback position specifically. As you said, their, their six DBs look like they're likely to be three corners and three safeties. Uh, if Tennessee could get an ideal six DB class, um, so I think Tennessee is—you know—they've got two corners right now, Christian Conyer and Enrique Gibson, as we've referenced. Three safety commitments: uh, John Slaughter, Jack Luttrell, and uh, Sylvester Smith. You, you mean Sly, so,
2: You mean Sly Smith? He's Sly Smith. We've decided
1: this. Yeah. Well, you've decided. That.
2: Yeah. <laughs> but, I, I, uh, yeah, the one-man committee decided it was Sly Smith.
1: Yeah. Uh, so so they would like to add a third corner, I think, to that group, ideally, if they can get uh, if they can get someone they like at that position. And that's something that you know could, could happen uh, at, in the fairly near future or could be something they have to sort of wait out and and see how some guys uh, play this fall. Uh, there, there's obviously a big announcement coming up on Monday in uh, Jordan Matthews, uh, the, the four star out of Baton Rouge, Louisiana, that Tennessee is. Is still in at this point, so we'll probably talk more about that in a second. But I think that's um, that. That's where Tennessee would obviously love to go uh, to to continue addressing that that needed cornerback. But if they can't add him, then I think you look at at maybe some other guys this fall. Continue to recruit some other guys that that they're they're already involved with. Um, but to, uh, to 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 really fully address their needs, I think you ideally would would add a third corner to this class. I think they're in an okay spot with two. It's not a you know an absolute failure if they fail to get a third cornerback. But I think they ideally would like to have a, a third cornerback. And, and, and at 20 commitments overall, I mean, let's let's just talk about that for a second. That's a good spot to be in. I talk all the time about how you really would like to be at 15-plus commitments going into the season. You don't want to leave yourself with too much work to do in the fall. At 20 commitments, uh, especially now that you don't have to sign 25 or fewer, really, uh, that that 25 cap has, has kind of been done away with, uh, you certainly, I think, can see Tennessee go – above 25 this year so with that being the case 20 commitments a pretty healthy number uh going into the season that's a that's a good spot to be at so tennessee has done a nice job overall and now it, now it becomes more about filling needs specific needs like you know a third cornerback another receiver you know things like that they'd still like to add you know you're you're being a little more choosy now going into the season and not having to just worry about getting guys to fill out your class you're having to just kind of target specific players and and be a little more selective here over the next few months.
2: Well, you mentioned it, Ryan. So I'm going to go ahead and ask you about Jordan Matthews then with his decision coming up here pretty soon. I think uh, for whatever reason, the the, the talk nationally just forever has seemed to be Texas, Texas, Texas. Um, But you seem to be saying Tennessee might actually be in that fight. Yeah. And and
1: I've I've kind of said here this week, you know, I I think they've done a better job of hanging around in that one than, than I thought they might at one point. Um, I, I don't know yet for sure where that one's headed. That that's a, it's been a closer race down the stretch than I think people might have thought. And uh, and there's a there's at least a chance that, that he picks Tennessee on Monday. I, I still could see that one going either way. Um, conventional wisdom would tell you it's Texas, and I think that still very, very possibly could happen. Uh, he's been to Texas at least four times. I've seen different reports on that. Somewhere between four and six times, though, he's visited Texas. Um, so he's clearly very familiar with the Longhorns. was just there on his most recent visit the weekend of July 30th. Um, so I think it would be an upset if it's Tennessee, um, but it could that that upset I think is at least still on the table as a possibility. So uh, we'll we'll see what happens Monday afternoon. He's scheduled to announce his decision I think at three o'clock Eastern time on Monday, and uh, and that's that's been a two team race down the stretch. Tennessee and Texas. He's only been to Tennessee the one time for his official visit in June, but Tennessee did impress him. So that's that's the big name we're kind of waiting to see if if, if Tennessee can can land him, and if they can. You know that that would probably just about wrap up the cornerback position in this class, and you'd feel really good about that spot if you're Tennessee um, going into the fall. But um, but we'll we'll see. Again, you know, most people I think are expecting Texas to be the pick. I'm just not ready not ready to rule that one out just yet as as a possibility for Tennessee because they they have done a better job than I thought they might of, of kind of staying in that battle down the stretch.
2: But regardless, they're injecting a lot of, of, you know, talent, size, and athleticism into that group, which is something Tennessee has needed to do for a while. We've mentioned it on this podcast several times. We've mentioned it, I believe, in this episode a couple times. But Tennessee just needs to take a step forward there. And, and you know, what's the best way to do that? Get as many good athletes and good prospects as you can, have iron, sharpen iron, and then, then there you go, right? I mean, that's, that's the ideal scenario to try to fix that thing.
1: Yeah, and, th- and this is really, I would say the uh, you know just already having Christian Conyer and Ricky Gibson at, at committed at the cornerback position. This is already, I think, shaping up to be one of Tennessee's better cornerback recruiting classes in in several years. You know, I, I think they you know both of those guys have. They're again, they're three stars, but with the ability to be to be more than that. I, I've made it clear for a while. I, I think Christian Conyer's got four star kind of ability. Whether he ends up being a four star or not, I think he's one of the higher ceiling guys at least in this class among those three stars that you see right now on that on that list of commitments and then ricky gibson you know we touched on it good timing uh good athleticism overall and at, at georgia that led to georgia offering him um and, and obviously kirby smart you know his, his staff they they've had some pretty good success uh in, in in the secondary and kirby smart knows that position pretty well so if they're they're going after a, a three-star like that you know they, they've clearly seen the athleticism that we're talking about and think there's a lot to to work with. And, and, and Tennessee obviously has felt that way for, for quite some time. So I think there's a, there's a lot to work with those in those two guys and Tennessee is, is doing, doing a good work at that position. So they, they're going to get a lot of credit, I think in this class, obviously for the edge rushers that we've talked about, Sean Davian Bradley and and, and Caleb Herring, obviously going to get a lot of, a lot of credit for landing five-star Nico Iamaliava at the cornerback position. They've done some other good things in this class, but I think sneaky good cornerback class as of right now with, with Christian Conyer, and Ricky Gibson and and we'll see if they can add to it at some point
2: yeah exciting times these exciting times Tennessee putting together uh what, what I think looks and again I'm not the foremost expert out there but I I I just kind of really like the way this class is put together right now I think these are exciting times for Josh Heupel and his volunteers Ron you got anything else before we get out of here
1: No, I think it's a good place to leave it. And, uh, you know, I guess stay tuned and we'll see if uh, we'll see if this is it for Tennessee before the start of the season or, uh, you know, that that Jordan Matthews announcement on Monday might be kind of the last thing to watch for Tennessee. You know, uh, one other Tennessee target four star wide receiver Aiden Williams is set to announce a decision on August 21st. So that that doesn't seem as likely to be Tennessee, you know, heard a lot about Ole Miss and LSU in that one. And he had an official visit to Tennessee set for uh for september for the florida game um so that's one that you know probably not as likely to be tennessee at least as of right now from what we've heard so this might be the 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 final announcement to really watch before guys start to focus on their senior seasons so um stay stay tuned we'll see if anything happens with that on on tennessee's end but definitely uh getting to the point where it's going to be all focused on football for for a lot of guys for for at least a good stretch here before we get into more uh more decisions this fall but certainly a good place to to be for Tennessee going into this season. Well,
2: there you go. We'll leave it right there for now. Thanks, Ryan. Appreciate the time, man. Yep. Yeah, thanks, Wes. And there's the button. And now I can say, guys, thank you for listening to this edition of the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. As always, we always say it, but we always mean it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You can find all of us on social media. I'm West Rucker 24 7 on Twitter. Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan 24 7 on Twitter. Patrick Brown is P Brown 24 7 on Twitter. And Grant Ramey is Grant Ramey on Twitter. If you want uh, just Tennessee news in your feed, nothing else, get that at twitter.com slash GoVoss 24 7. You can also go to facebook.com slash GoVoss 24 7. And you can get tons of stuff there throughout the day, all day, every day. But if you want that best, most delicious East Tennessee Smoky Mountain spring water directly from the tap, Go get that at GoVols247.com, the best site on all of Al Gore's internets to get coverage of Tennessee football, football recruiting, basketball, basketball recruiting, uh, baseball, tons of stuff going on there these days, obviously. Lady Vols coverage where Maria Cornelius does an excellent job all year covering all things Lady Vols for us all the time. we got two forums that run around the clock, 24-7 as the name suggests. we got the checkerboard and the summit where you can go 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and you can discuss Anything you want that is not political or religious in nature, with Tennessee fans across the world, pretty much every freaking time zone that exists, we've got somebody there. We got people up at different hours of the day. We got all kinds, any time of day. Anytime you go there, you're gonna find a bunch of people on there talking Tennessee athletics, talking SEC stuff, talking pro sports, talking life advice with kids, what to get spouses for their for anniversaries, uh, lawn maintenance. Oh, you just you never know what people are going to be talking about on there. And it'll be anything that's not political or religious in nature. Anything else right there on the board for you to discuss. And you can get all that for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month after a seven-day free trial. That is all that it costs. And after you pay or get that that seven-day free trial, after that, you get us that, that low rate. That's one mediocre lunch per month. But you don't just get Go 24-7 with that. You get access to Paramount Plus with that for free in perpetuity. You also get access to a growing behemoth of a streaming platform that has every show CBS has ever done, commercial-free, tons of exclusive stuff uh, that you can only find, like, you know, 1883, Picard, Evil, Star Trek, all kinds of stuff that you can only find on Paramount Plus. You got new movies. You got classic movies, old blockbuster franchises, you know, comedies, dramas, horror, everything, stuff for the kids all of it, all of it, and stuff from the archives of, uh, of CBS, obviously, and MTV, BET, Comedy Central, Nickelodeon, Smithsonian, all of it. All of it right there. Something for the entire family and live sports, SEC sports, NFL sports. Uh, you got UEFA Champions League, UEFA Europa League, Syria, French soccer, uh, PGA Tour. You get everything on there, and we, you get all of that and our site, all of it for just about a hundred bucks and change a year. One of the best deals you can possibly find. And if you don't do it, I don't know what's wrong with you. Go do that. Don't be a fool. Go do that. If nothing else, guys, you should hear from hear from us in a few days. So until then, uh, try to be good to each other. Try to have basic human empathy for, for people out there in the world. There's not enough of that these days. There's too many a-holes. We don't need that. Be good. See you.